Chitalia Fatty, thank you so much for coming on to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> so you are the artist behind the fantastically striking visuals in the game Brindlewood Bay. Um, I And I'm really happy that you were able to do the art for this podcast. Uh, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I never added a title onto your art because I felt like that would be interfering with your visuals. So <laughs> I yeah. did see it. I did see it, uh, which was very fun to make, by the way, that uh, illustration. I'm glad your players choose the one with the rolling card. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, I, I shared them the the mockups that you sent me, and they were all like, "Well, the card. We have to use the card." <laughs> And so then we we worked hard to get one of them with a sore ankle and working it into a story. So, oh wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the looking at your website, which is uh, chichiliafetti that is the extent of what I know about you and your work. So I think we just start there. Who are you? Who am I? Uh, well, I'm an Italian illustrator. Uh, who currently lives in Oslo. And uh, I studied in Bologna uh, to do like children's book illustrations. And um, that's what mostly I've done. Like I published uh, three children's books. And then in, I think it was 2018, uh, my partner uh, sent me a Twitter link, the gauntlet looking for artists for their codex uh, issues. And uh, that's where I started basically doing some illustration for RPG books as well. I was doing that like once a month. And then I got a couple of other like projects. I did the uh, Lost Roads uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I did another book, uh, which was some illustration in turn, which was like a shapeshifter RPG. So basically now I'm like doing a bit of both, <laughs> which is very fun. It It feels to me like... Uh, hearing you say that you were trained to be a children's book illustrator makes perfect sense because there is this this fantastic sense of of magic and imagination in everything that I've seen you do. How do you think about your your personal style as an artist? Do you think of yourself as children's book illustrator, or do you do you have a different way that you describe your voice and your style? Uh, well. I don't have a clear definition that would be very hard, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just think about myself as an illustrator. I struggle with like calling myself an artist because I I'm like a maker. I make things. I'm I, I feel like art is much more like a, a imperial, like ephemeral term, uh, which I'm like a. I build things <laughs> with my hands, uh, and that's I think goes into my illustrations as well uh what makes uh, illustration fun for me is like adding textures and like like tactile, tactile feelings into them and like playing with the colors and things like that i i watched one of the videos on your website the, the time lapse video mm. um so you still do everything with your hands you don't you have not moved into the digital realm 
so much? I, I do, I do, do, I do use some digital. I, I draw on uh, Procreate sometimes, and I do edit uh, some things on it. Like um, the last illustration I done for uh, Brinkley Bay, I did like some adding shadows and things uh, in it. So I do have a fun with it, <laughs> uh, and I do like it. But there's something always a bit like that is missing from uh, digital for me. Like I do enjoy it, but the 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 feeling is not the same for me. So when I do illustration, like for a book or something, I I, I prefer doing it in uh, like traditional format. Yeah, the, the tactile senses of having your hands inside the colors and the shapes. Yeah. Yeah. Even though like the lazy me is like, oh yeah, I could just use my tablet and do <laughs> everything there. And when you describe yourself as a maker, like, uh, are there other things that you're, that you're building? Like, uh, oh, um, the last project I've been working on with my partner, <laughs> we've been uh, converting a van. So we are, we are building it from the ground up uh, and, uh, uh from carpentry and like electrical wires and stuff so I've, all that although this one is uh, my cat tree i made that <laughs> <laughs> well it's a great cat tree I... <laughs> <laughs> thank you no that makes sense if you're if you're used to using your hands um then you it sounds like continuing that with your art uh just makes sense yeah, there's also, um, like, during my studies, I did um, calcographic etchings, uh, which you use, like, a etching press. I don't know if you're familiar. Hmm. And uh, that's, that's also a very tactile way of making, like, pieces of art uh, that I really enjoy. I've been gifted one, but I, have been, <laughs> I haven't uh, built it up yet to start using it. Well, hopefully soon. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I need to. So when you think about, I, I know you, you say you don't like, maybe have trouble thinking of yourself as an artist. Um, yeah. So with these things that you create that are visual, uh, do you, <laughs> do you, as you go out in the world and, and being trained to, to sort of look for images and recreate images, do you think that you see the world a little differently? Do you think your eyes are drawn to to little moments or something that maybe other people don't notice? Is there something in the way you see the world that is different, do you think? Well, I can't be sure uh, how people see the world, uh, like compared to me, but I do like to look at shapes. And like, I, I lived a year in England when I was uh, studying for the Erasmus project. I was just so like, taken by all the bricks houses and all the lettering that were on the buildings and uh, all the like hand painted uh, uh, like advertisement uh, signs that they had on their uh, bars and pubs that I really love that and uh, that's when I made like my first published public book, uh, children's book which uh, is all like little houses and bricks and stuff so yeah I don't know and do you think that there are other other artists that maybe that you think of as influences? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a, a many different artists that I like for a lot of different regions, but I think uh, um, the one that influenced me the most was um, Hugo Fontana, which is another uh, illustrator 
another Italian illustrator. And um, I saw him in an exhibition. I saw his illustration at an exhibition um, when I was studying in Bologna. And uh, there was just this little boy crouched and all the rest was like constructed with the white of the page, uh, which really struck me. And like, that's, uh, I think, change my view on how to building like uh, the composition of a picture will with using the white of the pages as well mm. yeah the, the, like it is the first time that uh, i thought about that like using that as a uh, asset and not just like a, a pieces of paper that you need to fill up right so i guess moving into brindlewood bay and uh and role-playing games art it's it feels like you've sort of found a surprise niche there that uh yeah. it, it wasn't something that you had really intended to do it's just sort of where your art took you how do yeah. you what is your what is your history it sounds like maybe you didn't really have a history with role-playing games had you played any before you started getting these jobs i started playing role-playing games in 2017 uh because i was i i think i discovered through uh, Dodger. I was watching Dodger streaming. I don't know if I press hard to, to continue. And she was playing in a um, role-playing game. I don't remember which one was it. And through that, I discovered the world of role-playing games. <laughs> and I wanted to try one. And I joined a Discord server <laughs> to just uh, try it out because I didn't have like in, uh, friends in real life that wanted to try it with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so previous to that, uh, I had zero experience. And uh, then I met my partner through one game that I played. <laughs> oh, good. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my partner sent me the Twitter link with uh, yeah, Gantlet looking for illustrators. And that, that was that. Yeah. Um, so you started with the Codex. I, I assume there was an offer or a, a conversation about moving from pieces for the codex into working on this entire book, the Brindlewood Bay? Um, yeah, well, the first, uh, um, like, because it was an online, like, just a PDF uh, publication, right? It was not printed, the first uh, issue, right, uh, of the book. Right. Um, I only worked on four illustrations, so it wasn't uh, that much different than just one illustration per one issue. It was just, like... Um, Jason telling me that he had this personal project that he wanted me to illustrate because uh, he thought that my style would fit it very well. And then from that, uh, every once in a while, there would be like a, like a special issue for the for Brindlewood Bay. So like uh, Bed and Breakfast and Beyond or like other um, little adventure that uh, he would ask me for an extra illustration. And uh, I think that went on for about like two years or something like that. I don't really remember the dates very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in total, I think I worked on like a 20-ish illustrations from like the first uh, uh, first uh, four illustrations that were just in black and white. Uh, and now I made uh, 10 more illustrations for the, the new Kickstarter and the physical printed book all in color, uh, and uh, since uh, he, he still wants to use the old one, 
we kind of like uh, renew them with the digital coloring of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I had a lot of fun uh, like recoloring all the, and I think they they gained a lot from being reworked on because they were just like uh, uh, monochromatic or just black and white, which uh, it was good for the codex or for the issues. But I think for the like complete book, it would be nice to have it all in color. Right. Mm-hmm. Was there something about the the setting of Brindlewood Bay or the idea of the game that spoke to you because it, it does seem like your eye and your style are are really a perfect fit for this game was it was there something that really that you latched on to well i really like drawing old people <laughs> <laughs> they're just so much more expressive to do and uh, there was something about the game with this uh, old grannies just like facing eldritch horrors uh with in I guess sort of like a murder she wrote kind of uh, idea in my mind uh, with this whimsical attitude, uh, kind of unaware of the horrors they were facing, but like prevailing. Uh, Yeah, it just was a very fun combination for me. Yeah, yeah, so I think actually, I think you can see it from the first uh, four illustrations that I've done for it through the last ones this kind of evolution into like i guess setting it more and more into the world of uh, brindable bay right was there a um can you think of a, a piece in particular that that really captured what you wanted to convey uh, for for brindlewood bay it was something that really stands out as that's if i was going to show people one image that you think best represents your work for the for the game was there one that you feel like you um, really you really captured perfectly well i'm not sure I, because i the new ones i have not come out yet right <laughs> so yeah, i think it would be one of the new ones that i've made uh there is uh, one where they're going on a bike they're just like biking uh with everything floating uh and i think that that captured it the best for me uh with the feeling i wanted to give it mm-hmm. but yeah from the old ones i uh i can't say at the moment was there something about the process going from from children's books in a certain kind of uh of an image that 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 medium really wants you know to to tell a story and then moving over to working with role-playing game creators was that process different do you feel like there was a different kind of communication? Were they asking you for a different kind of approach as compared to children's book I authors? I don't think the differences between the children's book and the role-playing world. I think it's mostly between an Italian uh, <laughs> setting and uh, uh, American or English setting, where like I, it's much more clear what they want it's much more de- defined what they want from this from the illustration even though like most of the time i had like i was free to choose for whatever the text i wanted to do for jason uh, but yeah with working with italians is always trying to guess what <laughs> they really want <laughs> and it's a bit hard well i never had an issue with jason 
in thinking about um, the process of creating art for role-playing games. So it doesn't sound like it feels substantially different. It just like maybe the specific requests were different. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't feel different to me. Like um, if it's an illustrated book or an RPG book, and you're still trying to, I don't know, capture the atmosphere that uh, the game has or the book has. At least that's my approach my approach with it. I always try to to kind of like exude the atmosphere of the text through the pictures. For other artists that want to start working with role-playing games, if the creator uh, says, we want an image that conveys this sort of thing, do you find mm -hmm. that sort of delivering that specific image that they've requested does it still leave room for you to be creative and to bring your own voice? Are there situations you've been in where it's like, well, you know, we need 10, 10 images. So you're like, okay, well, then I, I can pick any 10 that come to my mind. Like, do you feel that sort of freedom? I think it depends to with who you're working. Because I had, uh, I had uh, some illustration that I had to do and I had to nail down some things that they wanted in it. Uh, and then there was other people that were just like, yes, this is the text. Uh, we want 10. You do what you want. But first of all, I always uh, do send back sketches to like see where I'm going, even if I have like free choices. Like I, I, I give some options. And then if they're okay, I go on with them. I never feel constrained, even if I need to like do add some some things that they wanted in the pictures then like the way i do it is still my way it's just the subject that is maybe what they want have you developed a philosophy around the role of art in a role-playing game book hmm. well i think that it's very useful to like throw people directly into the world of the game like you, you see different games that have completely different styles of arts and they are by just looking at it, you, you have a different feeling and a different expectation towards it. Right. So I think it's powerful, but um, I do think that sometimes depending like what kind of game is like, uh, like leaving space to the imagination is also very good because I mean, this is a make believe game, right? So leaving room for your players to like expand on what you're giving them is good trying not to lock everything down like yeah that. yeah giving the space for it so i think you said that with the kickstarter sort of moving into this because this is uh i think the kickstarter begins april 26 i believe and i think you said you did 10 new full color images for these books yes mm -hmm. and it sounds like your favorite work that you've done so far or the one that you feel best captures it is among these images has the process for creating art for the Kickstarter been substantially different than the sort of slow rollout of like a piece here, a piece there gradually building the world over time as compared to now we're going to assemble this. Now we're going to make hard covers. Now everything is going to be full color. Have you found yeah. that this has been a growth or a big change? I think I work best when I have like a couple of pictures at least that I work on just because um, they feel more cohesive for me. Mm -hmm. Just 
because I guess you are in the same, you have the same hand while you work with them. While if you time passes, then you are in a different set. Uh, I don't know if I can describe that correctly, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it was vastly different. It was just a, like a higher amount of illustration that they needed to do, but uh, like it's not so difficult for me because uh, usually when I work like on a children's book, then minimum illustration is 12, 12 and on. So uh, that's like the standard. Are there any secrets about the Kickstarter that you've been told not to share that you can tell me now? Well, <laughs> I, I want to, like, I would like to be mysterious and all, but I have, I have no secrets. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to this, uh, to, to the Kickstarter in large part because of your art, because, uh, it, it really captures something that a lot of role-playing games do not, uh, the way that you've been able to provide these images and, and, has has for me significantly built the world and the way that oh. you sort of imagine these stories taking place that makes me happy thank yeah. you <laughs> i mean i i really do think you're it's it's one of the more perfect fits with with art and game that i've come across so. aside from that what else are you working on what do you have coming up that people should know about uh, well, in the last couple of days, I've worked on a few illustrations for Apothecaria, uh, which is like, a, I think it's a solo RPG potion brewing game uh, where you are like uh, little woods animals traveling around, uh, healing other animals. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun doing it. And um, the other things that I know is that the my last published children's book has been bought from America. So I think it's coming out there too. And it's called uh, The Pack. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, well, it's um, a story about uh, like identity uh, for kids, like standing up for their own identity. Uh, I have not written the text. I only illustrated it. But it's a, a project that is dear to me. Are you generally open for, for commissions if someone has a project that they think you would be right oh, for? Yes, yes, I am open. I'm generally open. I do uh, this and that in the, between the bigger projects. <laughs> How can people find you? Yeah, they can find me on uh, Instagram. I am Cecilia Ferry, at Cecilia Ferry there. And um, or, or through my website, they can find my email if you wanted to t send me some commissions over. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I have to admit that I'm not very good at posting on Instagram and keeping it updated, <laughs> but I'll try to be better. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan of your work and I'm very much looking forward to the Kickstarter again, so I can see more of what you do. And there will definitely be links in the show notes for some of your other things. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.